Hey. Hey, what's up? Not much. How are you? All right. You get sick of uh, AJ Styles on 2K19 or what? No, I didn't play it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. So, let's go. Uh, welcome to the B-Team B- Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined Go by Josh Kudner. Hello. And we are here to return to our uh, Back Issues series, something we haven't done in quite some time. I think the last one was that Superman thing we did sometime. Uh, yeah, I think so. Time yep, time I went again, to- right? Yep. yep. Uh, we are going to be looking at the... Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 90s Clone Saga, but not quite yet. Um, We're basically going to use this episode to talk about the original story, which I think you're going to carry more of that since you've probably read it more recently than I have. I mean, I read it in the last month, but I read so much of that stuff in the last month. It's all kind of a blur. Yeah, it all Um, blends together. Uh, This is the 70s Clone Saga. Right, and then we'll get get into... We're going to use this one to kind of set up... um, this will be sort of a long-term project. We're going to kind of use this one to set up uh, the 90s stuff and talk about some of the stories leading into it and maybe what some of the motivations were for actually doing it. Um, and uh, so we're, I believe we're envisioning this as being like a three-pod thing. We'll have this one, and then the next one will involve the uh, Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider period. And then we'll probably get a third one out of the Ben Riley as Spider-Man period. Um, so why don't we, you know, just because of, and this, this occurred to me, and I know maybe we've talked about versions of this on other uh, Spider-Man related podcasts, but just really quickly, like how did we each get to this character, given that this whole thing is kind of a, especially the 90s one is kind of a fundamental shift in how this character is viewed. Um, how did we all get, how did you and I both get to this? I get the like interest in this character to begin with. Um, so, I mean, for me, you know, when I was a kid, I was already reading Spider-Man and um, back issues wouldn't go to anything before probably like 83. Uh, in the early 90s, they were starting to put out you know, major uh, trades, aka graphic novels, and they actually put out the uh, Clone Genesis, which has since been reprinted, and there's a much better version now called the Original Clone Saga, and uh, this picked up pretty much right after the death of Gwen Stacy, and uh, it's the entire Original Clone Saga. Okay. Um, And for me, I mean... You know, this was one of those things. Uh, I generally started reading Spider-Man in the 80s. Um, and it, when I was a kid, it was more, you know, and there weren't there weren't really shops around until the, you know, dedicated comic shops until the 90s, um, at least where I was. Mm-hmm. And it, it was way more of a, like, if my dad and I went to a convenience store or something, you would get them off a rack you know, and then, but I wasn't doing that with any sort of regularity. So I would like get a Spider-Man comic once every couple of months. But one of the things I've done recently out of just general interest in the fact that uh, comiXology makes all this stuff so much easier now uh, with a lot of the fact that a lot of the older, the older stuff is available 
for very cheap. Um, I went back in the last few years and basically have the entire run of Amazing Spider-Man uh, from issue one in 1963 to present. Uh, it took me probably about, I don't know, six six to nine months to maybe a year of just off and on buying stuff when I had uh, the free money for it. Um, and one thing I decided to do when we made the decision to do this, this series of pods was I realized that, you know, before probably the late eighties, I hadn't read a lot of that stuff. So I, when we first decided to do this, I, I said, Oh yeah, let me read one through three ninety three first, and then we'll see where we are. And that took me about a month. Um, of just constantly reading that stuff. And I just finished it like this week. So we are ready to uh, talk about this, I guess. And some of the, you know, I think as we talked about before, like, because you've probably read it more recently and probably read it more times than I have, you're going to focus more on the the seventies one. And I'm going to, because this is most of the stuff I've read most recently, there are a couple of uh, 90s stories that I think are important in terms of leading up to this that I think we can at least talk about somewhat. Okay. Uh, so basically, the uh, gist of the clone saga is uh, they killed off Gwen Stacy, who was, you know, Peter Parker's first original girlfriend slash love of his life. And uh, the Green Goblin famously threw her off a bridge, depending on which version of the book you have. It's either the George Washington or the Brooklyn Bridge. It's obviously supposed to be the Brooklyn Bridge, but when they first did it, they, they wrote in the wrong one. So that's become a collector's item. Uh, all reprints since have put in the correct bridge. And basically it was, uh, uh, Jerry Conway and, um, Stanley was famously on his way to, I believe Paris. They called him and they were like, you know, can we kill her? And he was like, yeah, sure. Kill her. And then as soon as he got back, he's like, I can't believe you killed off Gwen Stacy. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, so they've been looking for ways to bring her back, and they're like, well, what if we do a clone? Uh, at this point, it's, uh, I believe it was actually 81, 82. Um, you know, we're 20 issues past the death of Gwen Stacy, and Peter Parker has, for the first time, basically hooked up with MJ, uh, and then it's actually Aunt May who sees this girl walking down the street, and it's Gwen Stacy, which gives her an Aunt May heart attack. And she faints, and uh, basically Peter's trying to decide if he wants to pursue a relationship with MJ because she's been kind of flaky and she doesn't want to be tied down. And they actually end up having a fight, and he sees Gwen, and he just, like, closes the door on MJ, literally and metaphorically. And uh, the the next... Start of the next issue is one of my favorite Spider-Man panels of all time. Because, you know, for years, his greatest fear had been if he was going to just go insane. And he always thought he was, you know, 30 seconds away from it. And it's just him in a Christmas sweater, like rocking back and forth, saying that he's finally lost his mind as this Gwen Stacy is like, you know, Peter, talk to, talk to me. What's going on? Yeah, I noticed that when I read through a lot of stuff, because we had been talking about that for years, that a lot of the early stuff, he he wonders whether he's insane for a lot of it and mm-hmm. I, noticed, I noticed a lot of that going through um especially around this time uh so yeah, that, that was that was a huge plot point and that's why i actually uh always preferred the 
Andrew Garfield Spider-Man because the happy-go-lucky, you know, jokey, even down on his luck, Toby Peter Parker, uh, that was more from the 90s show. Anytime before that, you know, Spider-Man was always written basically as almost a villain, definitely an anti-hero. And, yeah. Uh, the Spider-Man persona was always just something he put on, but Peter Parker was always kind of an asshole and he was definitely unstable. Uh, oh, he didn't yeah. trust anybody. I mean, he wouldn't reveal his identity to the Fantastic Four, uh, you know, to the Avengers, nobody. Uh, I was reading a lot of the 60s and 70s stuff. My brain just kept going to, you know, I know the concept of of school shooters hadn't really happened yet, but if it were a thing at this time, he would have been one. Yeah, right. Um, And it's worth saying, not that we're going to go into it, but, you know, they did Clone Sagas after the 90s one. And one of the most recent ones uh, revisits the death of Gwen Stacy from her alleged perspective. And it's just fucking terrible. I figured that would be something we would get into in part three where, you know, because Ben has come come back since that. And I figured those things would be something we could get sure, to. So in part we'll, three. Mention that. Oh. we'll mention that in part three. Uh, so as for this, a new villain who definitely looks goblin-esque, and that's the Jackal. And uh, he's kind of shows up in the background as villains who were new did. Uh, there's a series of meandering stories. And um, finally, he makes his presence known. He's hired the mercenary Tarantula, and this uh, clone Gwen is kind of just walking around, and one day Peter follows her, and she gets on a bus in a trance, and the bus is, of course, driven by the Jackal, and uh, he takes his mask off and reveals that he is Miles Warren, who is a science professor that both Peter and Gwen had, and uh, he reveals he was always in love with Gwen Stacy, and around issue 37, he first shows up somewhere between 37 and 51. Uh, he basically stabs them and with a little, you know, pin or something and, and gets their DNA. Uh, later, they retconned it to, you know, he had them give their DNA for a swab, but the timeline doesn't matter. Doesn't match up, right? Yeah. Uh, so this definitely sets the stage for the real clone saga of, you know, which one have we been following all these years? Because uh, the way that this ends up, the Jackal has Ned Leeds and uh, I forget who else hostage at Shea Stadium of all places with a bomb rig to explode. And he's cloned Spider-Man and we got our, our famous panel of two clones like pointing at each other. And uh, the clone seemingly dies in the explosion. And Spider-Man takes the body and throws him down the smokestack. Uh, Afterwards, the clone Gwen looks at him and she's like, well, how do you know you're not the clone? And he doesn't really have an answer. And he's just like, whoa. Um, So for years, the speculation was, you know, is this the real Spider-Man or did the real Spider-Man die? And that's something that they explore when we get to the 90s. Right, right. What I what I've found was that um, just reading this in the context of like reading because it was what one forty nine to one fifty one or somewhere in that range. Uh, it's like one thirty four to one forty eight, I believe. 
Okay, so reading that in the context of like, and I knew when we got to when I got to that 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 was going to be important to what we were doing later, but it also just kind of like we said, reading that much in a month means it all just kind of blurs together anyway, and it mm-hmm. never really the the story itself never really struck me as that important. Like, other than the only thing to me that seemed to carry out of it was the idea that they show that when he's dumping the body of the clone in the smokestack, somebody photographs him doing it. And right. then so of course, gives back the, around in the next story. Gives line. Those, gives those photos wow. Jason, and he's worried that his identity is going to get wrecked as a result. Right. And that to, me, that to me seemed to be the only thing from this that actually went anywhere. And then uh, I kind of wonder if, you know, the editors who came up with the idea to do the 90s thing were like, what what like almost kind of obscure story can we use that most people probably won't even think about? (laughs) Well, so the nineties thing came about because the decision at the time was we can't have Spider-Man be married and, you know, have a kid. Um, Even though he didn't have a kid yet, but that was the end result of that story. So they basically wanted to replace him for a younger, hipper Spider-Man, even though they're obviously the same age. Um, So the original idea was that the clone was going to be revealed to be the real quote-unquote Spider-Man, and the one that we had been following all these years was going to retire and, you know, get to settle down and, and go off into the sunset. Which is basically what the 90s story tries to do for a period um, and then it says, nah, fuck that. Yeah. Um, I also kind of found myself wondering, you know, I had read some stuff that said that sales were in the toilet around the time that they started trying to do this too, which, and that in some ways this might've been a response to like the, the, and I was not a, I was not a DC reader at this time, but this might have also been a response to like the giant sales bumps that things like Death, Death of Superman and Nightfall were getting over there. Oh, you're talking about in the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Absolutely Spider Man, because at that point, the most popular things were X Men. And, um, well, Spider Man was, was still pretty popular from Venom and everything, but they were starting to just run out of steam. And, you yeah. Know, that in the stories leading up to the clone saga. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I and I think you and I can save and before we get into the, obviously we're we're not gonna get into the, the 90s one quite yet here, but I think you and I can both honestly say that we're both both pretty big fans of Mr. Riley. Um I kind of wish they'd never gotten rid of him, but you know, what are you going to do? Well, as far as I know, he's still around. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I would have, you know, I would have committed to that switch for far longer than they did. You know, well, but... I mean, you know, that's getting into the night, but they, they had no idea what they wanted to do or how it was going to end. And it just kept going and going because it was making money. And then finally they were like, you know, two years later, OK, we need to end it. Yep. So what I would say going from going from the 70s one is I think a lot of that stuff kind of goes away for a while other than the thing we were talking about the photo of it being around 
And then as we get into the, into the early 90s before before this stuff kicks into full gear, you have a lot of things leading up to that that sort of they almost kind of start to undermine Peter's sanity quite a bit with and I mean Spider-Man has always been that character that Marvel puts through the giant ringer in any any way you can possibly think of. Um, but they do a lot of stuff around this time that really starts to push him in a direction. I felt like they almost wanted to make him so unlikable that when Ben shows up, people want him to go away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, if we can get into some of the particulars of that, I mean, I think it kind of starts with and you know we've obviously done a prior review of this so i don't i don't think we need to belabor this but uh to me it kind of started with all the maximum carnage stuff um and at that point um you know he was married to mary jane and living in the uh osborne's loft i think although that was about to be over with uh cuz harry was dead at that point um and the the fake parents are around the robot parents are around he doesn't know that yet um so you know maximum carnage was a obviously that thing where carnage has his own little manson family running around new york killing people and he works with with a bunch of other uh a bunch of other heroes to try to stop that and there's a lot of like stuff about does his morality even work in in a situation like that and then at one point he just goes like fuck it i'm gonna stop playing that game and i'm just gonna kick all the ass i have to and then um after that you have you know and that kind of starts like he's just getting way more into like you know especially toward the end with the the death of the robot parents in an otherwise crappy story called life theft um and you're right about that that was very rough by the way Uh, i think i when i read that as a kid i held that in higher esteem because of the larger things that it did but that story in itself is pretty brutal Um, then then he starts calling himself the spider and pretending he has no humanity and living in in a web cocoon on the ceiling yeah yep and that was like about to leave him and she walks into the room and just sees his cocoon and she's like fuck this shit and just walks out yep that was during the uh, Pursuit story, which goes across all four Spider books at the time, where he's going after the Chameleon because he he is told that the Chameleon had something to do with the, the creation of the robot parents. Right. So he basically goes after him to try to – and that's where you find out that the whole thing was a setup by uh, Harry Osborn. Um right. And uh, some of that stuff came back in the more recent uh, Nick Spencer arc where they basically – he basically retconned almost everything that everyone hates about uh, stuff they've done with Spider-Man and used used Harry and LMDs and shit to basically get rid of everything (laughs) that everyone hates. Yeah. like he basically, and maybe we'll do this one someday, just as like a massive like let's make fun of this thing. But he basically retconned that entire sins past thing to be like the supposed children that Norman had with Gwen were oh, yeah. robots. And yeah, it was all and like Harry never, Harry never 
came back from the dead in uh, one more day. He's been dead this whole time, and it was all just an LMD. Um, so they basically used that to get rid of everything that most people can't stand, except for the actual deal with Satan. Maybe we'll get into that someday, too. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, life theft was a big deal. The pursuit story was a big deal. And then basically what you're doing there is you're basically breaking him down to the point where, you know, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start reading the the actual Clone Saga stuff again this week bef- so we can do part two of this. Um, that that I remember that I am the spider crap happening way earlier mm-hmm. than it does. But maybe that's just because I don't remember exactly how much of the actual Clone Saga that plays into. Yeah, um, it's like right before the Clone Saga that started. This. Yeah, it's literally during like the pursuit thing is like, to, uh, it might even be the the story after that where he's fighting Shriek and Carrion again, where that really kicks in. Um, and I also think, you know, some of the... And I've, I've never seen anything from any of the editors or whatever saying that this is what they're trying to do. But I almost kind of wonder, too, if, like, some of it was that they also... Not only did they not want Peter to be married and have kids and stuff, but I also wonder if this was like the first ink, one of the first inklings that Marvel had that like, you know, there's too much continuity here. We have to do something that's easier for people to to follow. And I mean, if you basically took him out and swapped in Ben, I mean, obviously he has this whole history that we haven't seen, and they would address that with some miniseries and whatever during it. But it, they could also, you know, I, I was also thinking in a larger sense, like they could dispense that as they wanted to without making your audience see all of that and then have to like constantly refer back to it. Um, maybe it's just a lighter thing to do. Um, but and then, yeah, I think a lot of the darker Spider-Man, you know, and if we're looking at them as Peter versus Ben would have definitely been the Peter years of, um, you know, Anything from Secret Wars to Craven's Last Hunt to uh, the Sin Eater, Death of Gene DeWolf. And that's yep. when, you know, he has his real big failure because he's joking around and the Sin Eater just pulls out a shotgun and goes to shoot. And he instinctively jumps out of the way because of his spider sense. And the Sin Eater just like blows away a whole bunch of people in the crowd behind him. And yeah. for years, like, that tortured him. And he was like, you know, it's my fault all these people died. So when the Ben character shows back up, you know, they have this whole inner struggle, outer struggle of, you know, not only who was the real Spider-Man, but who was the right Spider-Man. Right. And it's a question of, you know, was the one who was Peter, was he going down the wrong path? Was he not doing his job? Had he forsaken Uncle Ben? And... uh you know, whereas the Ben Riley character would have only been around before Amazing, like ninety-five, maybe even eighty-five. So, right. And one, of the pretty much the inciting event of it is that uh, after the after the stress of the the robot parents uh, dying, because they basically get quote unquote. They basically get quote unquote killed by the vulture um, in in that life death story. So then, uh, with the stress of all that, and she never finds out what they really were, but you know they try to hide that from her. But uh, Aunt May has a stroke, 
and ends up in the hospital for the billionth time between uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one and then 390-whatever. Uh, and that actually gets gets Ben to go back to New York. Um, Because Ben had been, we find out Ben had been calling her just to like check in and she never puts two and two together that, you know, you have the same voice as Peter. Yeah. Yep. And she never sees him, I don't think. No, Uh, she never sees him until he's in the hospital and then, you know, he just looks like Peter, so. Right. So, yeah, I mean, this was... And I, you're right. I don't think they had any concept of how, and I've actually been reading, or I'm going to, as I read through it, that Life of Riley blog. Have you ever seen that? No. Okay. These, some guy did a blog back in the day, like a couple of years after the, the 90s one actually ended, called The Life of Riley. Mm-hmm. Where he went through it and he had like comments from editors and people who worked on it. Um, and you know, he basically did breakdowns on each part of it. Like the first one, the first one is like the power and responsibility arc, like the four issues of that. And that's something I'm going to be reading as sort of like a companion piece as I go through it, um, just to see what kind of information was in there. But it seems to, I mean, I kind of in my. You know, I've pretty much read Spider-Man almost continuously from the 1980s to some degree. But given when the original Clone Saga fell, I was in the middle of college and it was harder to get to have access to stuff. I mean, there was, I was up at the University of Connecticut, which is in the woods. Um, so I sort of dropped out during a lot of this stuff originally and then got back into it after it was over because I had access to a shop again. And then I went back and, you know, when those big giant trades came out in the last few years, I bought a bunch of those um, and they've digitized most of those now finally. So, um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a, you know, this will be an interesting uh, thing to go through and, and look at, especially now since, you know, so many years have passed since then. And, and I almost think Marvel's in a weird place with it because like they know that Ben has an audience. Maybe it's not the same level of audience that Peter has. So they're, they've never quite said like, we're never going to use this character again. As we said, he's obviously come back a bunch. Um, hell he's in the, he's in amazing Spider-Man right now. Yeah. I don't think, what I don't think it's going to last much longer, but he is. Um, yeah. And I mean, so they've never as much as, people act like the clone saga is the thing they never want to acknowledge again. They've certainly been more than willing to do that when they think they see money in it or um, an interesting angle they can use. Uh, well, there's elements of it that, you know, people will be drawn to, but then there's elements of it that are absolutely Judas Traveler. You know? Oh, yes. Traveler's the worst. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And even, even a character like Kane got to be a pretty big deal in that universe in recent years. Like, yeah. you know, after, after spider Island, he sort of became a hero and they gave him his own book where he went off and did stuff in Texas and whatever. Um, are you reading any of the current shit or no? Uh, from time to time, I, I read something where Ben was, you know, the new Peter and I was like, well, we're back to here again. Um, okay. 
Well, basically, but... just really quickly, if anybody's interested, and we'll and we'll talk about it more. Um, I would think we'll talk about more in the third one where some of the follow-ups will come in. Um, basically, this the current run is called Amazing Spider-Man Beyond, where in uh, the current issue 75 of the current run, uh, Peter, Ben, Ben basically becomes Spider-Man again initially because uh, when... Otto Octavius was Spider-Man during the uh, during the Superior Spider-Man stuff. You find out that he sold all the trademarks to the Spider-Man character, mm-hmm. and he, those were purchased by the Beyond Corporation, which I guess was a one of those weird companies that was used in in I think it was Next Wave. Maybe it's not something I've ever read, but I've heard the name a bunch, um, and they used that. To you know, Ben is now the corporate sponsored Spider-Man, oh. and it looked and it looked like at one point at the beginning of the story it looked like they were going to do this thing where he and Peter were going to be at odds the whole time, but then they essentially had both of them go and fight the UFOs, those big giant Hulk villains with all the radiation and shit, mm-hmm. and uh, Peter ends up getting beat to shit and has like radiation poisoning from dealing with them and then because ben has a higher tech costume than peter does uh because they pretty much in recent years they pretty much stripped out all the you know he had a whole period where he was running like his own company and he had all these high-tech suits and whatever they pretty much stripped all that out and said he went bankrupt and whatever so he's basically back to wearing the pajamas all the time right um so Peter's been in the hospital from about seventy-five issue seventy-five to now, which and I think right now the book's approaching ninety or so. Mm-hmm. So uh, and it seems like they're going to bring it into it pretty soon, which is unfortunate because it's just starting to get off the ground, and it looks like they're going to stop it again. Well, yeah, um, I mean these days, you know, forget about the Clone Saga; they'll do things for six issues and then abandon it. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was funny, like how much they were. And obviously, you're you said you're not reading the current stuff as much, but they went on for months and months and months of like, we're gonna have four writers and we're gonna release this thing three times a month. And you're gonna tell me that it's gonna be done in less than twenty issues, really? Yeah. Honestly, you you spun all that crap for that. Okay. Um, and I have a feeling that you know, and I don't know exactly how it's gonna end. But I have a feeling that they're going to, uh, you know, Ben won't die again or anything, but they will take him and put him somewhere else and have him do Spider-Man stuff in another area. Probably. Uh, I figured they would keep him around. If for no other reason than in one of those, I don't know if you, as you said, you're not reading as much current stuff as I am. I don't know if you pay attention to the fact that, like, once a year they release these big giant one shots that kind of lay out what they're going to do for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed in the in the background of some giant page where they're showing a bunch of stuff. They showed Ben in his Spider-Man outfit swinging in front of the Hollywood sign. Ah, uh, there you go. So I wonder if they're going to take him when this is over and put him in California. And then, you know, maybe he'll get sort of uh, Peter's stamp of approval to keep doing stuff. Um, there was actually a really interesting thing that kind of read sort of sort of meta about the whole thing to me, 
where you know like what marvel owns marvel owns in the outside media sense versus what they don't where beyond because they have the the corporate rights to the character or whatever for lack of a better term they spend ben after miles mm-hmm. and tell you know what shut this kid down he doesn't have the right to be doing this so that was a really interesting part of that story that again because it's also abbreviated doesn't really doesn't get into it as much as they could have but you know you could have had like a real partnership between them it was basically just this like two issue thing of like i don't really want to kick your ass kid but my bosses are telling me i have to <laughs> you know and then miles talks him into like what are you doing <laughs> like this is stupid um so yeah if you were looking for any part of that i know you're not a huge mild person but if you're looking for any part of that that was the part of it that i found the most interesting and then they have him they have him paired with misty knight and colleen wing as like trainers mm-hmm. i was like why does he need that <laughs> um i mean they're interesting characters to have deal with him because you don't you know they're not somebody that's ever done a lot of spider-man stuff in the past but at the same time i was just kind of like why does he need trainers again <laughs> um so it seems like they're gonna in the in the main book now once that ends it seems like they're gonna go back to you know peter front and center they're starting over at number one again although this book is gonna this version of it's gonna get to about 93 which is way more than i thought it would seeing as they seem to reboot everything every year and a half yeah Um, so yeah that's pretty much um as we said i think this was going to be short but because there's not a ton leading up to this and i think the two where we actually go into the story itself will be longer just because the story the story itself is enormous um well and then there's also they they released the real clone saga which is the writers after the fact telling what they quote unquote would have wanted to do and i read it recently it's only six issues and it is awful I heard about that, and then I saw a bunch of stuff saying it was awful. So I, I mean, it's, it's not you know what they really intended to do. It's what they intended to do after the fact, knowing what happened with the real one and people's reactions to it, and knowing what all the reactions were. And yeah, I I, I kind of got the I kind of got the idea that was the case when they started promoting that, just because I don't think any of the I don't think any of the actual writers who were writing the actual thing itself back in the nineties were involved with that. I sort of felt like it was Marvel's uh, spin control and that, hey, if we'd actually approached this reasonably, this is what this would have been. Um, but in the, you know, in the same way that I feel like the the death of Superman and the Nightfall thing had their fault, it just kind of became this, like, I'm sure there was, and, you know, we'll probably get into this more when we talk about the first half. Um, I'm sure there was an immediate sales bump because it was something different and you know you had this ben as this new character in the different so there was probably some level of sales bump right away and i think brent actually made a point they were selling a fuckload of toys around it oh yeah toys Um, t-shirts you name it right and i think as a result of that the thing probably got way far out of the scope they had originally intended for it if they had ever intended anything at all um and it just became this giant monster that they didn't really know how to end. Um, yep. But, you know, we'll we'll come to that when we do. It's probably going to take a week or two to read uh, the first half anyway. Um, 
So yeah, uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up here? I think we're at a good. Yeah, no, I think that's it for the first one. We're at a good time point for a prologue. I, I think would, uh, you know we just things we talked about. Um, I would recommend anybody read Amazing Spider-Man through issue 150. I mean, keep going past that, but 150 will get you to where we're at. Um, and then we mentioned, you know, obviously Craven's Last Hunt and uh, the death of Gene DeWolf. Both highly recommended. Yep, Craven's Last um, Hunt. I would not recommend Life Theft. <laughs> no, Life Theft is atrocious. Um, uh, I would have, having read that again, I, I mean, I get that they wanted to kill the robot parents uh, any way other than what you did in that in that would have worked better so funny funny story for you um you know i'm not a cheap person i i will gladly spend money more money than i should on something that i deem worth it but when it's not worth it i will not spend the money and i will have physical pain over spending the money so obviously i've been collecting all of the spider-man epic collections you got to have all of them uh some i have spent a, a great deal on most i got as they came out and, uh, you know, I was able to basically just get them at MSRP or, or even less because they would go on sale. With Life Death, I waited for it to drop at least 20%, and then I still couldn't justify paying over $30 for it. So what I did was I bought it on, like, a pay plan, which, yeah, I'm still spending the whole amount. But that way I could I could be okay with spending, like, you know, 16 bucks at a time. You put a giant comic book on Layaway? Not layaway, just like a pay in four. So it was like 30 bucks. So, you know, I I spent like 14 bucks each. I was going to say, I know you're not cheap, but that would have, that kind of triggered my like, you cheap motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I saw recently they put out the, the Maximum Carnage Epic collection. Is it in that one? No, no, that's its own. That's all of Maximum Carnage, and uh, that's already out of print immediately. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the one right after that. It's just called Life Theft. Oh. So it's everything yeah. after Maximum Carnage up through to the start of the Clone Saga. Right, so like 381 to about to, uh, 394. 393-ish, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I would think we would probably get to the next one schedule permitting in about a week or two. Uh, uh, let me see. How, we can hold off a little bit. Yeah. Let know, me see how long. It takes me actually, let me see how long it takes me to actually read that stuff. I don't think it'll be as long as the first 400 were, yeah. but uh, you say take, that now, but believe me, as someone who went through all the, just the clone saga trades and the Ben Riley trades, uh, you know, I, I could knock out amazing 150 to 250. <laughs> in a day and a half and these trades took me like a week and a half mm. yeah and it is it between the between the uh the clone saga part and the ben riley as spider-man part isn't it like 11 trades worth of i think it's something uh, like that. giant giant trades it's yeah, like each, each one is the size of an epic collection yeah it's like 11 trades and they're all huge they all have like 450 to 550 yeah. pages yeah so i i have i want to say i have i want to say the first seven in physical print and then they started to comiXology started to digitize them recently so i got the last couple discounted digitally uh to finish it out nice but, uh, yeah Yep, and I think by now they probably have them all 
digitally, and I have some library bindings of those. So if they start to get beat up, I might actually just do the digital ones. But uh, yeah, so I think we're at a good point for this. Um, as far as other things we have coming, I know you and you and Justin and Brendan wanted to do some horror thing. So it was going to be a planned triple threat of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and two mostly unrelated movies that are thematically related. Uh, one that we've mentioned a great deal on this podcast. And Brendan apparently just went through and watched all of the old Texas Chainsaws. And I had been doing that also because, you know, why not? Um, so I think Justin's going to tag in for the parts that he's seen. I don't know if he's going to even make it to all three movies or just one of the movies. But that's fine. Uh, Brendan and I are just going to go down the rabbit hole. So at this point, I have no idea what we're going to cover. And we'll just okay. we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. And this is in response to the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out recently? or Yeah, so that's another one of those, you know, we're, we're going to do a uh, legacy reboot sequel that only the first one exists and this is set 50 years later okay weird um and as not a horror guy i'll just say cool uh we also are planning on our review of peacemaker on thursday uh i'm betting that you and i are really looking forward to that i really did enjoy that show um we won't get into too much particularly here but i know that you and I had concerns that they the landing would be the ending would be bad or they wouldn't land it right. I kind of thought they did. Um, yeah, I, I felt it was fine. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into that more particularly on Thursday, and that'll be released probably Thursday night. I don't tend to sit on these very often. Yep. Um, also, we have we'll have the uh, weekly Star Trek stuff this weekend. I think we're just doing Discovery because the cartoon's not on the air right now so i think it'll just be that and milos and i are trying to find time to do an uncharted review because we both saw that this past weekend i'm thinking we might so yeah if you want to do an uncharted review let me know oh yeah because you kind of watched it just now right okay watch it okay um yeah we can uh we can figure that out maybe hmm, maybe sometime next week or this weekend or so i'll see what he wants to do because we were originally just planning on him and I doing it, but if you saw it, I'm I'm happy for the third. Um, I think more people we get, the better off these things are. So, um, yeah, that's just about all I can think of right now. There's nothing else coming down the pike that I'm. Oh, uh, well, obviously, some number of us will end up doing something on the Batman. Um, I'm I'm seeing it on March third. I don't know what anybody else is doing. Uh, Sarah wants to see it, so we will definitely venture out to the theaters. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and we are at the week uh, next, not this Thursday, but next Thursday we're planning on, although that's the day I'm going to the Batman, so maybe it won't be that week. Uh, we're planning on the Desolation of Smaug soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have the exact date worked out yet, but soon. Um, so we'll get back to that. Um Hoping to have all six of those, all six of the Lord of the Rings things done before the TV show hits in September. Um, did we have a thought process on that the the boys cartoon? Were we gonna do anything there? Uh, I'm gonna wait for you guys to watch it and tell me if it's any good. Okay, because I think it's also kind of like from what I'm seeing, it's kind of like an anthology thing. So I don't, 
I think each episode is going to be something different. So I don't yeah. know how we would how we would do that. But we can, you know, I'm sure a couple of us will take a look at it right away and see if it's worth it or not. Um, you know, we kind of sat out what if because it kind of wasn't yeah. worth that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is kind of. Well, I figure we can go into that on the, the Doctor Strange two preview show because you know, yeah. the Evil Strange is going to be on that movie. That and I think they're they're starting to imply pretty heavily that other characters from What If are going to show up in that too. Yeah. So I think it'll be imp- when we review that it'll be impossible not to discuss it to some degree. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me for this. We'll get this one out. And, uh, oh, I would also say because uh, I do notice it's something that has been getting a fair amount of of play since we put it out there. If you have any interest in uh, Star Trek Picard at all on any level. Uh, Justin and I and, and Boris Milo did a full season review of season one, which was like two years ago, but with the new one coming out, we decided to just, rather than doing ten weeks of single episode shows for that, when the first four episodes have no forward plot movement whatsoever, mm-hmm. uh, we decided to do a full season recap of that, and that was quite fun. That was almost two hours of us going back and forth on Star Trek stuff. So it was quite, quite fun. And uh, weekly reviews of that will start uh, next week when the season two premiere hits. Um, that'll probably at least be uh, myself and Justin and Boris and Milos. We might get a fifth for that, depending on. Uh, I have some feelers out for a possible fifth person. Um, but at the very least, I would think it would be the four of us for that. So keep your eyes open for that on the feed soon as well. Um, and uh, yeah, as we think of more stuff and we just keep having ideas. So I, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to run out anytime soon unless pop culture just grinds to a halt for some reason. Uh, but uh, yeah. So yeah, let me know when you guys do that horror thing. I'm actually looking for. I, I don't ever want to watch any of that shit, but I love listening to you guys talk about it. Sounds good. Yeah, that's it right now. It's going to go down tomorrow, so I will let you know. Nice. All right, man. Have a good All night. Right. Have a good night. <laughs>